shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to episode eight. I I can't even believe I'm saying episode eight, but we're here. Episode eight, we're second graders now as a podcast crew, familia, um, of human hope. Episode eight with your host, Carlos Enrique with Guzman and Chibor Cabello, Orlos for short. Hey, do me a solid favor here. Why don't you guys send me a video of you guys trying to say my full name and the person that can say it the best I'm going to give you a copy of my book. And maybe, you know, this this podcast is evergreen. Um, I don't care when you send it. Keep sending it. You could be listening to this five years from now. Find me on Instagram, at Loswit. Send me a video of you saying, Carlos Sendigo with Guzman Chibolcabello, or Los for short. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll see if I want to send you a copy of my book. That's great. I just think it'd be funny to see you guys trying to say my name. So with your best Mexican Panamanian accent, okay? You got to have both, okay? Both countries. I want you to say my name. Send it to me. That'd be fun. Uh, but today's episode is not about saying my name. It's about, let's be honest, it's about saying your name because I need you to know, whoever you are, that there's hope. There is hope. It feels hopeless. Gosh, I'm telling you, man, like this this week has been so heavy. Um, it's like for one second we feel hope and then the next second we don't, right? Like one second the world is waiting with bated breath to see if Derek Chauvin is going to be charged with the three crimes um, as he murdered George Floyd. And we waited and I held my breath. And, you know, to be honest, I didn't know that there was more emotions inside of me than than um, than there was. Like there was, like I had way more emotions spill out of my eyeballs when I heard guilty on count one, guilty on count two, guilty on count three. The tears, they flowed and they didn't flow out of joy. Okay, they didn't flow out of celebration. I mean, there may be people that celebrated that. That's fine. I mean, that, that's their prerogative. But for me, my tears were strictly grief and relief. Two things, grief and relief. That, that is what I felt. There was no joy because George Floyd's dead and he shouldn't be. And it was just relief that, that it worked, right? That the judicial system just worked. I mean, that, that's just it. Like, like why, why in the world would we celebrate it working when it's supposed to work? Like what we need to be celebrating is less lives lost. And um, man, it just was, it was intense, you know? And I was constantly, and I'm constantly trying to navigate the emotions of whatever camp people fall in, knowing that you can be pro-Black Lives Matter, pro-justice for George Floyd, uh, and pro supporting your local police department and pro being proud of being a law enforcement officer or law enforcement officer family. Like the two aren't mutually exclusive. You can support your local police department while holding them ultimately responsible um, to be better. And like that can't be 
they can't be mutually exclusive. Like you can be both at the same time. So I know I got a lot of law enforcement officers and families that listen to this. I just need to continue to say thank you to them. Uh, the ones that are doing it right, which is most of them. Uh, while we say, you know, we, I, I don't care what the percentage is of the ones that are doing it wrong. We, we got to fix that. Like there's, there's a like zero um, margin for error when it comes to doing it wrong when you're a police officer. So um, anyway, that, that, that's it on that. You know, I could dive in, into there. The week got heavier um, as um, just an hour, I think, after um, the verdict for Derek Chauvin was read, we had a, I'll just get into this for a second. We had um, a young black girl, child, I mean, she's 16, um, who was killed in Columbus, Ohio. And I, I will, let me, let me try to do this. Let me try to unpack this for a second. Here, here's the thing. When I, I, I watched the video, which I don't recommend anybody do, um, but I'm watching it as a father. Okay. So this is what I'm watching it as. I see in real time, not in slow motion. Don't watch this in slow motion. One, if you're going to watch it, watch the real time one. I saw a police officer, okay, who reacted very quickly to a rapidly accelerating situation. And I saw a young girl with a knife in her hand about like a second, half a second away from sticking that knife into the body of another girl. Now, that's when the police officer made the decision to use deadly force. And I, I think it's a father on two respects. So let me, let me tell you just kind of how a critical thinking um, pro police reform or gutting or whatever it takes to fix things. Dude thinks a, I can't believe that 16 year old girl had to die. I, I, I can't be okay with that. I, I just can't, if you can be, you know, maybe, Try to not be okay with that. I can't. I can't imagine if um, at the end of all of the trauma that she had experienced at 16, being a foster child, all these things, she has a moment um, and she loses her life as she has a knife trying to stab another girl. I can't imagine if, even if it was my daughter that was trying to stab another girl, I can't fathom the pain of losing her. I'll take Sienna. She's 17. This girl was 16. I'm, I'm just trying to imagine right now that's gutting. I also realize that when the officer shot her, the officer probably saved the life of the other girl. Now, I don't know how the old the other girl is, but let me put my, put my hat on as a father of the other girl. At this point now, as the father of the other girl, I'm grateful that the police officer stopped the one girl from um, killing my daughter. Okay. But here's the thing. And this is where I want you all to come back, okay? As as I've just pissed off two sides of whatever. Can we not say there's got to be a way for death in that moment to not be the only outcome? Can we not say that there's got to be? Uh, listen, I'm not a, I'm not studied policing, okay? I mean, I've said a lot of things about policing, but not how to, not like like the reaction of what happens in 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 the moment, okay? I'm not a police officer. And I know a lot of police officers are going to say, well, no, like that, that's the only, that's the only option we've got. I'm saying there's got to be another one. <laughs> that, that's just, that's just what I'm saying. I'm saying there has to be another option besides killing her. And um, I don't know, that could be 100% ignorant bliss. But as a human that deals with hope, I'm thinking, okay, the child has a knife. The cop is thinking quickly. I mean, I, I don't know the solution, but I know that we've got to think of a better one. And we can go down the rabbit trail of, of systemic racism and structures and all kinds of things in policing and in society and in, in, in all of it. But at the end of the day, I don't care who it is. Less people dying at the hands of police is probably a good thing. And I would say probably most police officers would say that's a good thing too. But what, what's it going to take? I don't think we need to be okay with just throwing our hands up going like, well, she had a knife. She was going to stab her. She needed to die. I, I just, I don't think that's good enough. And I'm not going to let that be good enough. Now, this conversation is way more nuanced than I can give it in five minutes. Um, there 
are a lot of people doing a lot of great work at unearthing um, a lot of changes that need to happen. I'm not that right now. I can get into a whole episode on that. That's not what this episode is. But what I want to say is this. It can't, we, we can't ever settle for, well, it is what it is. And that'd be good enough. There has to be a better way. Um, okay. I didn't mean to get into all that. I needed to talk about that. That's what's been going on this week. And here's the thing. All of this stuff is so traumatic. I am, I have not been as traumatized at any point in my life as I am right now. Like, I mean, I've done, I made decisions that have traumatized me. Like I've made decisions that, um, have impacted my life myself personally, but like society at large hasn't traumatized me like this, um, this year, this 18 months, I'll go 18 months because my daughter was in the hospital for 21 days has traumatized me. So what do I do with that? Like, what do I, as a, as a, as a man, as a black man living in America, what do I do? Well, I find people to help me with that. And fortunately for you, the person that is going to be helping me with that is also going to be helping you with that today. Now we've got two special guests. One of them is your favorite. My wife, Heather Whitaker, Whit Farm. She's going to be interviewing as well beside me, our spiritual mentor, a man named John Eldridge. Now, John Eldridge um, is a psychologist. He's a counselor. He's a therapist. Um, and he's been that for a long time, over 30 years. And the man has some wisdom. But also, I need you to know that if you've read Kill the Spider, if you've read Enter Wild, you will have read the subliminal thoughts of John Eldridge because I have consumed every word this man has spoken for the last seven years. When, once I found him and found what it looked like for me to step into true conversational intimacy with God, I, I've never been the same. And the fact that I needed to let you know that Heather and I like fanboyed, fanboyed and fangirled um, for a few minutes before John got on. Cause we're like, I can't believe like, I don't, I don't freak out about anybody. Okay. Listen, I'm not like celebrity fied. I'm not like, you know, like, Oh my gosh, I got to me. But this person, when somebody's changed your life, it's different. Right. So we were so honored and excited that John came up. John, we're, we're, we're diving into some um, complicated topics here. We're talking about masculinity. We're talking about trauma. We're talking about, um, toxic masculinity versus healthy masculinity. We're talking, you know, John really, he, he's written a book called Wild at Heart. He wrote this a number of years ago. They're re-releasing it with a bunch of DVDs and um, DVDs. Uh, who, what am I, in my mid-40s? With a bunch of, of, of videos that you can download online. Um, and he's going to talk about all those things. But, you know, Heather kind of challenges the facet of like, well, how come men, you know, I'm like, like I love to be adventurous. I love to do all these things. And and she she pushes back a little bit on some of the assumptions that maybe I'm not saying that John has, but maybe society or evangelical nature in general has about women that, you know, well, maybe women should be more like this. And John, his response to these things, I'm telling you, the man is magic. He is just a breath that we all need in our souls of the trauma that we've been through. So why don't you do me a favor? Take out a pen and a paper or your phone or whatever it is that you're going to take notes on and really lean in to all of the wisdom and how we can possibly begin to heal our souls from the trauma that the last 12 to 18 months has given us. Without further ado, here is our conversation with the one and only John Eldridge. Uh, Human Hope listeners, I've got my wife with me again on the podcast. Again. You guys always love it when she's here, uh, Heather. And we have our, he just found out that he's been our spiritual mentor for seven <laughs> years. Uh, but we've got our friend, uh, John Eldridge. Uh, John, would you mind just saying hello uh, to the Human Hope family? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey, Carlos. Hey, Heather. Good Thank to be you with so you guys. Much. Oh, so good to be with you. Uh, John, we, we've got a lot of questions about um, that we're going to bring up about your book, Wild at Heart, and, and even some other books that may lean into the conversation a little bit. But you're talking to um, uh, to, to listeners that are that are actually seeking hope on a daily basis. That's why they're listening to this. And people are finding hope in different ways. People are some people are finding hope in yoga. Some people are finding hope in self help books. Some people are finding hope um, in all sorts of ways that, that give them little little glimpses of what they may find hope 
to be. Can you start off the conversation by just telling us uh, right from Jump Street, where is it, John, that you're finding your hope every single day as we are, we've just been pummeled by 2020 and 2021 is doing us no favors uh, in, in trying to pummel us as well. Uh, every single day, you woke up this morning, like, like where is our friend John finding hope? This is so fascinating because I was, I was sitting at the window. I had, I had my morning cup of, of yerba mate. And I was thinking about some pain that some friends are in, like some pretty bad stuff. Like their son-in-law just had an accident. He's in a wheelchair. Their whole family's going through really hard stuff, cancer. And, and, you know, people ask like, how do you explain pain? But as I was looking out the window, watching the sunrise, I said, you know, that's not the global question. The global question is how do you explain beauty? Mm. Like, how do you explain it? Like the world is so filled with beauty and it brings me hope. Wow. Like, and, and, and I think there's a good heart behind it all. Um, but man, like beauty heals, beauty restores, beauty yeah. brings such promise with it. So yeah. for me this morning, it was beauty. God, you know, it's, I just heard this week how uh, it was Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, we were in a conference with him and he was just saying how, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists are really, really good at helping us zero in on the depravity of our minds, on depression and anxiety and all these things. But there's been a new kind of uh, focus in some circles of psychiatry to, to look for maybe what's good about our, our brains, like the, the beauty, the happiness, the joy. John 10, 10, you talk about the scripture a lot in your podcast. You talk about what it looks like to, to know that we can have life and have it to the full. Can you maybe lean into for a second when, when people read that scripture and they're like, well, I mean, life to the full, I mean, that's great. But uh, I mean, let's just tell you for a second about our last uh, 14 days. Our daughter got in a car accident. Um, I had a, a crucial, hard conversation with one of my best friends for 30 years that left me depleted. Our house got flooded in the Nashville rain two weeks ago. Um, our Heather's favorite pet chicken, Chris, got killed by an owl the next morning. That night, we had to put our beloved Pope, our dog, Bernese Mountain Dog, to sleep. The next morning, we got up to fly to Colorado. Heather gets is on an escalator. Someone drops a suitcase, takes her out, and she breaks her wrist all, all within <laughs> six days. And so I'm asking you, John. His mouth is wide open for yeah, those yeah, that for are those listening. Not watching, this is, Steven <laughs> Spielberg wouldn't even write the script of, of our last uh, week. And so when I read John 10, 10, people kept asking us, well, how are you guys still finding joy? Yeah. How are you guys still like, how are you even still moving? Um, and I would actually love for you to lean into that for just a second, because we have been as a family assaulted, like literally our hearts have been assaulted, but guess what? There is so much beauty all around us. Lean into John 10, 10 for those people that are actually in the middle of a crap storm, a shit storm, and life yeah. is completely falling apart. Yeah. Well, there's your inner world and there's your outer world. Okay. In the life that Jesus is talking about in that passage is your inner life. You have a heart. The ancient Hebrew proverb says it is the wellspring of life within you. Your heart is the action. It's always where the action is. Your deepest beliefs, your hopes, your fears. It's all about the heart. And what he's offering is that his love, his presence, his life can fill our hearts mm. even in the middle of the crap show. Yeah. Like right in the midst of it, you can still find God. You can still find you are loved. You are cared for. You matter immensely. Yeah. And your heart matters. The hardest part for it, like having a chicken, you know, die is not <laughs> life changing, but it was the fact that it was one thing after another, there wasn't even time for a breath or even to think about the last thing before the next thing hit. And yet within that, like there was such peace, such calm, such, um, because we have lived enough life, we knew that it was going to be okay. And yeah. that he 
has a way. And and it was a beautiful story, actually, at the end. We were blessed beyond mm-hmm. anything that we could have ever dreamed of. And so um, I love that it, that how you describe it as almost a twofold in that yeah. scripture, like that there's the inner and the outer world. And I think so often we are trying to hide our inner world with the outer world mm-hmm. instead of actually addressing our inner world. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, what are some ways, John, that you that you see humanity right now trying to heal their inner world by their outer world. Does that make sense? Like, 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 you know, like, 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 like what are some ways that that's actually actively happening on a daily basis? Okay. So I've been a therapist for almost 30 years okay. and I am still blown away at the human capacity for denial. Yeah. I mean, it's really extraordinary. People are, like geniuses at denial. So here's the latest version of it. Okay. <clears throat> we've all ju- we've all just been through global trauma. Okay? Yes. The last the last year, the 12 14 months, global trauma. Fear, uncertainty, death, hatred, all that stuff, okay? Yeah. So um now we're coming out of global trauma and what people ought to be thinking about is, wow, my soul is really hammered. How am mm. I going to take care of my soul? Instead, they're trying to get to a baseball game and get a hot dog. <laughs> and, and look, I understand. I understand. Like the restaurants are opening back up in some cities. People are stoked to get out. I just want to get to the beach. A friend of mine who lives in Hawaii says the, the flights to Hawaii are full again. Oh, sure. They're full. Yeah. Right? I believe it. Okay. So everybody, I get it. I get it. I get it. Listen, I get it. Everybody's trying to get a little bit of joy. But the thing is this, is after your two-week vacation is over, folks, your soul is still traumatized mm, yeah. from what we've been through. And you've got to start paying attention to your inner life. John, give us some things to pay attention to. What are the things that you say? I, I agree. So for the listeners, yes. he, here's a few things to pay attention to. What are they, John? Well, first, let's um, just be aware of your self-comforting behaviors. Okay. Because we're all, that's, that's, that's trauma care. We all do it. So like, just notice what you're doing. Yeah. Like, are you eating more? Are you drinking more? Are you binge watching, you know, Hulu? Are you like, like, where are you going for self soothing? Mm-hmm. Just be, pay attention to that. Yeah. And then ask yourself, what am I looking for? What am I looking for? Because I, I'm convinced mm-hmm. some evenings it's just a ton of chocolate. Sure. Like I just I've been using I've been using dark chocolate as like one of my major go-to meds. Uh, but the thing is underneath it, what am I looking for? I'm looking mm-hmm. for comfort. I'm looking for assurance. I I need to know that things are going to be better. And the bottom line is like that third glass of wine isn't going to do it for you. Like it doesn't right. it doesn't last. So I get it. Like, yeah, go to the ballpark, get out to dinner, get your hot dog, you know, go to a movie. I get it. And pay attention to what your soul needs because what your soul yes. needs is some deeper thing. You're, you're so good at this because you, you keep landing on the next question. Uh, you keep landing on your soul needs some deeper things. Uh, and so now let's move into there. Let's move into that. Um, okay. So it's like, well, well, great. Look, I, I love to play golf. Uh, not me. I'm just, I'm giving an example here. I actually, I'll, I'll use my example. I love to fly fish. And so I, I can find myself, um, fly fishing is a beautiful thing. Fly fishing is something that God created that I enjoy, but I found in seasons that I'm actually using fly fishing as that medicator, maybe, yeah. uh, maybe in an unhealthy way, if that's even possible, because I don't want people to hear you and think like, well, um, we, we must just be talking about, you know, porn and affairs and alcohol. We can actually begin to medicate with some rather beautiful things 
but it still can get dangerous, correct? Parties and having people over to bring, you know, comfort for me is, you know, my way. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of that a little bit, going a little deeper. Oh, yeah. Okay. So first off, yes, you can get addicted. I was a fly fishing addict. <laughs> like, okay. like, like literally like addicted to it, you know, dream uh, about it, think about it, plan yeah. for it, the whole thing. YouTube, <clears throat> yeah, and, the whole thing. Yeah. And I was using it to run away. Mm. Okay. So let, let's, let's back up. I, I do okay. want to make this practical for people. So the last 12 months have surfaced things in all of us. When you're under mm. pressure, you know, you guys, your last, your last 12 days, like yeah. when you are in the cooker of something like we've all just gone through in the global trauma it surfaces the unhealed places in your lives Mm -hmm. okay so if it's fear for you the fear was back if it was depression the depression was back if it was rage the rage was back um what did it surface in you folks like this is how we pay attention to our inner life right what did it surface i mean part of me i was so angry Mm. And, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, John, like, what's the anger about? You know? mm-hmm. And so you pay attention to what did this surface in you? Did it mm. bring back memories? Did it bring back childhood trauma? Did it, did it, what did it surface? And, and honestly, the simplest thing you begin to say is you just say, God, I just invite you into this fear. Yeah. I just invite you into this rage. I don't try and fix it right away. Mm, that's, that's not good. helpful. Yeah. You, you just become aware of it. And okay. So for me and the anger thing, yeah. um, I think men are here to make a difference. I think we're here to bring help to our communities. Yeah. But what, during the pandemic, we told men to do the most emasculating thing in the world. We told them go home and do nothing. Right. And and I'm telling you, I'm freaking out. I'm like, no, the world's blowing up. We gotta fix this. You know? And and it was and so all this anger is coming up because I can't fix it. Yeah. I can't yeah. I can't make it better for the people that I love. And so I had to pay attention to that anger. And and not just you know start raging on social media or whatever. You you've just released. I don't. Did you re-release Wild at Heart? Is that is that what's kind of happening? With yeah, that right. Well, we knew guys were hurting. Like guys got clobbered during the pandemic. You know the yeah. whole go home and do nothing thing, but also the job loss and and working from home in the kitchen. And all of a sudden, your wife's working from home from the kitchen too. And like you guys yeah. have never, yeah, like you've never navigated this before. So there was, yeah, you know, depression was up, anxiety, domestic violence, all that stuff was up. And now you got your kids home, and you got to yeah. figure out online <laughs> learning. And so it it was pretty rough for guys, I think. Yeah. Um, and and because guys don't know how to reach out for help, typically, right? right. Like, don't pull over and ask for directions because you're the idiot who doesn't know where he's going right so we don't ask for help because help looks like weakness yeah um so what we did what we did is we we made this beautiful new film series called okay. the wild at heart experience we we updated the version of the book itself and we came back out with that because we were like we gotta help we gotta help some folks we like yeah. how can we help guys get some of their heart back get some of their perspective get their strength back after getting clobbered John, I would love to ask you, I I know I've actually never read Wild at Heart. I think there's like three books of that and Beautiful Outlaw, which is odd. odd. I didn't have not read, but I've read everything else. And but yet your ministry. Like 10 times each book. Well, so. yes. Walking with God is like <laughs> it is worn through. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, all the time we give you credit for how our life because our life was a disaster and literally by joining a book study, doing walking with God, everything changed. Everything changed in our world, in our kids' world, in our marriage, everything. And so with that, oftentimes, because we were, he was very public before that. So people saw kind of his <laughs> uh, rocky world, right, publicly. And so people have seen the change in the last decade and they ask all the time. So we constantly give reference to you. I, and I know that you hear this too, because it's your book. 
get pushback with Wild at Heart and the I'm a man, you know, type of conversation. I've heard you talk about this before, so I'm just kind of prompting you in in um, the fact And my comeback is if you actually know John and not that I personally know you, but I feel like I know you from all your podcasts and everything that you've ever done. I've listened to it. So therefore, I know you are sensitive like you have. You're actually very creative. You're very like you and yet you are also like a hunter and you love that. But yet can you can you talk to the people how um how a man, yes, has this um, call on their life, but that doesn't mean that they are, you know, this militant army, brutal sure. dude. Yeah. yeah, it's huge, man. Like that's the $6 million question right now, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, thanks. Um <laughs> Let's let's start here. Let's start. We're all after wholeheartedness. What does it mean to be a wholehearted person? What does it mean to be a wholehearted human being? Yeah. And, and it means to have a full range of experience in your life. So I believe that men do bring a unique strength to the world. So in 9-11, the Twin Towers are on fire. People are rushing down the stairs. There were a group of firefighters that were running up the stairs. Okay. For me, that's masculinity in action. It is, I'm, I am offering courage and strength on your behalf. Mm. It's not narcissism. It, it's, it's not machoism. It's saying, right. I have a genuine strength. I have courage, but I'm offering it on your behalf. And, and, and one of the really big questions right now is how do you cultivate that in boys? Right. How, do you, how do you raise boys into really good men who know how to love their families, who yeah. know how to care <clears throat> for the inner world of their children and of, and of the people that they love? And, and so men do need to develop courage and strength. They do. They're, we don't need a world filled with women we need right. a world with women <laughs> and men right that's true. like that's good. yeah 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 okay so my my uh youngest son right now is in grad school and he is finishing a degree in poetry yes. now this is a rock climber he's got his black <laughs> belt he you know he loves to fish he, he loves to backpack you know but he's also a really sensitive young man he's a beautiful yeah. guy yeah. And he, he loves poetry and that, that's what he wants to bring to the world. And as his dad, I'm cheering that on. I'm like, far out. That's awesome. Yeah. You want to be wholehearted. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I guess it's so good. And cause you're right. It is, you know, as I speak daily into society and culture as a, as a blatant Jesus following, you know, uh, Jesus follower, Christ, you know, loving Holy spirit filled man. Um, I am in these deep conversations with people that are pushing back against masculinity, pushing back against, um, you know, uh, the role of men and the role of women. And, you know, these are, these are nuanced conversations that I, I get to have on a daily basis. And I'm grateful for people like you that I can listen to their podcast and, and then cut and then come back and, and layer it in, in my language. Um, you know, the, I, I would say, you know, as of, it's funny, Heather has been on this podcast this is the second time she would definitely would not let me interview you without her. So thanks for being here, Heather. Uh, but, um, but th this, this podcast, I, you know, it's normally me having conversations about empathy, about racism, about all the kind of things that are happening. But, but I think it's 85% of my listeners are women, like 85% of who listens to me, even follows me on a daily basis on Instagram are women. And the conversation that I lean into a lot is like, Hey, like, I am for equal rights. I am for, you know, um, people not, you know, like, like the guy doesn't have to be always the guy that takes out the trash or the woman isn't the only one that does the dishes, you know, and I, I'm trying to like have these conversations on a daily basis, but I want to be sure that people hear me say that God created men with a certain heart and he created women with certain hearts that we don't need to be ashamed of or try 
to push away. And so that's what what I feel is so remarkable about remarkable about your ministry and this specific conversation, wild at heart, bringing out that inside of men. You know, the the whole boy to man thing. We've got a fifteen year old son, um, and he is. I would say that that um, he is one of the most tender, um, empathetic, kind um, humans on the planet. And I don't want anyone to ever say that that is not manly, right? So, so right. speak speak to the speak to that side of of a man for a second. Yeah, because this is this was the toxic masculinity conversation that came out of the American Psychological Association's report. But yes. if you actually read the reports, what they are concerned about is men who are out of touch with their own emotions. And, and I would say, look, as a therapist, I've counseled jillions of those guys. It, it's a train wreck. Yeah, yeah. you need yeah. <laughs> to be in touch with your emotional life Yeah, you know, with, with t- tenderness, empathy, with, with feelings of sorrow, loss, feelings of beauty and love feelings of romance like mm. there's a whole breadth of human experience available to men that we want to encourage young men to open up to and to yeah. say look it, let's go back to the courage thing it takes courage to be in a relationship are yes. you kidding me it takes courage to love it takes courage back to the earlier point to reach out and ask for help mm. right and and so to help young men understand, like that's not weakness, guys. Right. Like your tear, your tears are good, your emotions are good, your passion's good, your vulnerability is really good. Let's develop a wholeheartedness here and not have these kind of cartoon character ideas of either men or women. Yeah, no, that's you actually say on page 42, this is every man's deepest fear to be exposed to be found out, to be discovered as an imposter and not really a man. I, I, I mean, again, that, that's exactly what you just said. It, it is it is my greatest fear, to be honest with you. It is. Yeah, yeah. So most guys are faking it. <clears throat> most guys are BSing their way through life. And 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 it has, it has lots to do with their relationship with their dad, their mom, kind of what their childhood was like. But there's this dread inside a man that when the moment comes for me to really step up and whatever life is asking of me to love, mm. you know, to sacrifice, to, to ha- whatever it is, I won't, I won't come through. Yeah. And, and this is very interesting gang. Like, like a lot of this stuff is brain science. So, you know, I'm just thinking of your listeners right now going, no, yeah. those are still stereotypes. That kind of thing. Just look at the brain science. Okay. Sure. So <clears throat> men die after they retire. Mm. Wow. Like within two years of retirement, men die. Not women. Men, women can survive career setbacks that absolutely destroy men. Why is that? Well, because we have different fears. Men fear failure at, at such a profound level, whereas women fear relational betrayal. Yeah, you see, because because they're they're such relational geniuses and mm. and so wired for it. So, and this is how we complement one another. This is how we love one another, right? But th- this goes deep into your neurochemistry, even. Yes, yes, I love. No, I love that. I especially you know sitting in the you know we're we're in a season where uh, where people want the science, people want the data, people want to know you know what are you. What are you sticking in my arm? What are, what are what is this mask doing? What is it? You know, like people want want the data, and I love that there actually yep. is scientific data that that shows you know um, the difference between a male brain and a female female brain, and why in the world would we not want to lean into creating the healthiest male brain and male heart and male soul that we can? You know, like like I I'm assuming yeah. that's what people want. Yeah, John, I I really, even for the listeners out there, I love your content because you do come at it with such, um, you know, a a well-balanced 
way, you know, with your friendship with Dan Allender and just his world and psychology and your world, you know, there's such a balance in what you teach. And I, um, I admire that. And it actually makes it feel really safe because I think you can get into some Christian circles that it's just all God, which it is if you're a, a believer, but yet being able to team that up with actual the outside science world is really beautiful. And I thank you because I know it takes so much more work to actually do the research, um, but it it has made huge impacts. Yeah, this is this is true across all the sciences as well. I mean, you just look at, at what we're learning about education and how yeah. boys learn and little girls learn. Like there are different modalities that you see in the gender differences in education, yeah, and and to honor it is to help these little guys flourish. Why why do far more boys drop out than girls? Why do far more boys commit suicide than girls? Yeah, why do you know, what what is going on there? Well, you know, we have a broken humanity. We're all broken people trying to find our way to wholeness. Let's help one another, and and let's look at the unique ways, for example, that boys learn. What do boys need? What do they need to experience from their dads? Yeah. So that it was really interesting, Heather, that you said, um, I feel safe. Mm. I, I think that's a really good litmus test. Mm. When when you are with a really good man, you feel safe. Yeah. And and if he's weak, you don't feel safe. You're yeah. like, whoa, this guy's he's he's gonna fail me in some important ways, right? He's yeah. gonna he's gonna drop the ball, walk out, you know, wreck the marriage, whatever. If and so he's strong but he's good. And I, yeah. I really feel safe in his presence because, because this is a loving man. That has been, that, that is one of the words that we've used as our litmus test in our marriage is how, how safe do you feel? I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe this month, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay, like I've got to, I've got to figure out how to be the man that she needs me to be in order for her, you know, again, to feel safe. And, um, you know, every single day, John, we have an opportunity to uh, to engage into into that into our heart that 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 needs to be wild to engage into um, uh, the adventure. Maybe let let's step into like some daily kind of maybe practical uh, things that we can do on a daily basis to step into the wild at heart message. Right. So this isn't something that you know you have to go to one of John's seminars. You have to go you know deep into things like this. Could be something that every single day. We're like, you know what? Today, I'm going to actually step into what it looks like to be adventurous, what it looks like to be dangerous. Give us some daily things we can do um, to step into that. Yeah. So <clears throat> we, we criticize boys and their toys, right? Oh, there he goes again <laughs> on his mountain bike. Or there are those guys, you know, they're heading back down to the gym. You got to understand <laughs> adventure is food for the yeah. masculine soul. And this is why so many guys were dying during the pandemic because we lost all our we lost all our outlets for that, yeah. right? I love you know I love to run or I love to hike or I want to get on my road bike and just you know I want to cycle for a hundred miles. I just need to get out. Yes, you do. You need a daily, weekly program to nourish that part of your soul. And so, what can you get access to? You know, you're, you're not going to heli ski right now. You're probably not going to you know travel to Europe. What can you do right now that can feed some of that in your soul? And and here's another fascinating thing. I've been counseling a lot of guys through the pandemic. So guys love to fix things. Yes. We love to fix stuff. When I I fixed the dryer the other day, man, (laughs) like it made my day. Uh, Because there's so little in our life that it feels like we can fix, Right. right? Okay. So I would say like, Paint a room, plant a garden, you know, pick up a shovel and, 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 and do some work. Like do some things where you are actually fixing stuff. You're making yeah. your world better. You're going to feel tons better, guys. John, what do you say to the women out there who hear you say these things like adventure and wild? Like that's my heart. Like I, I am more like let's go backpacking and let's, you know, do those things. Can you help us um, explain that? It's not one or the other that there is this beautiful. It's not like women aren't adventurous. It's not that, yeah. you know. 
Like I need to have tea with my <laughs> girls and have my rose garden, you know, right. although I do love to garden. Like, can you explain and help yep. the listener with that? Yeah, totally. Um, so there's male lions and there's female lions. Hey, mm, there hey, we go. That's a word right the there. There it is. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and female lions are like powerful and dangerous and beautiful and they hunt. Yeah. They hunt, you know? And, and so there is a wild beauty in the heart of women as well. Yeah. We're not saying it's only men who crave adventure, yeah. that kind of thing. But just notice what people do with their free time. Yeah. Like just let people be people (laughs) and notice where they gravitate to. And and you will see, you know, my son, (laughs) my son has a little boy and a little girl. Little girls four, little boys two. And it is a it is a microcosm of watching gender develop. And the little guy (laughs) is always like breaking stuff. And climbing on stuff, it's large motor movements, that kind of thing. And what I love about the little girl is she loves adventure too, but she wants to talk about it. Yeah. She wants yeah. to relate Come on. Oh, while so we're good. doing it. Mm-hmm. It's about relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I love want that to go about out without because- people. Right. Yeah. I would want to go backpacking it for the relationship time with whoever right. I'm going with. Right. <laughs> That's funny. exactly. It's a yeah. shared adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Right. Oh, this is so good. This is amazing. This is exactly um, the message that needs to be, you know, out there. I love at the very beginning how you said, you know, there's so much beauty that can heal us. Mm. There, there's just so much beauty that God has created um, for for the listeners of Human Hope that are like, well, I mean, gosh, Carlos is talking about fly fishing. Heather's talking about gardening. John's talking about you know all these all these things. I live in. Brooklyn. Uh, I I don't know, like, like if I, you know, even remotely want to walk in Central Park, talk to some of the people that may be wired, um, not for the outdoors. Like, like why now I, I would, I would say to them, first of all, I would say you probably are wired from outdoor for the outdoors. You just don't know it yet. You got to get past that, you know, because God is out there, but talk to those people that may be listening saying, you know, John, I don't, I just don't know if I've, if, if I'm wild like that, if I'm adventurous like that. Yeah. So, so, um, right. It isn't about being a lumberjack and drinking motor oil. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Let's, it comes back to men, I think, fundamental issues of courage. So where are you living out courage in your life? You're going to start a small business. You're going to go back to grad school. You're going to finish high school. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to pursue a relationship that takes courage. You're going to have your first child. Holy moly, that takes courage. Like, where are you living out courage in your life? Because if there's no place courage is going on, I would say you're probably dying inside. Mm. If you're listening to this podcast, you've already heard me talk about John for seven episodes in some way, shape or form anyway, because I always sneak you into the conversation. But instead of just listening to Carlos (laughs) talk about John, maybe where where, where are some ways that that people can find out kind of where you're at? Yeah, so our website's wildatheart.org. And there's a really cool thing on there right now that's free. It's called the Wild at Heart Experience or the Captivating Experience. And it's this six-part. You made these beautiful films. It really speak to the human soul. And you have to make it beautiful to, like, have it speak. You made these yeah. gorgeous six-part films. And you can go on this journey for the recovery of more of your heart. Yeah. Like, where did you lose heart in your life? And where's the grief and where's the joy and let's get the passion back. Wildatheart.org. You can take those experiences. You can watch those films for free. We don't, we don't charge for any of this. And then of course, Wild at Heart, the book, uh, captivating the book uh, would be a great read right now. Just, just for some recovery of soul after we've all been so hammered. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I'm, um, you know, you're the, oh, I'm going to cry. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> the the way that you have um, taught me to pray, you know, I, I used to think that prayer was um, something that my grandma did and the women's ministry did in the church. Um, and, you know, and now I know how, um, how powerful, how masculine it is for yeah. me, how um, just that, I mean, that is like the, the, the beginning point for me. I mean, so much to where I've, I've put your prayers 
in all of my books, right? Like, like people are always like, Carlos, thank you for that prayer. I'm like, I didn't write that prayer. Like, like oh, this is, I got this from John. What I would love, I would be honored if you would pray for my listeners, um, pray for those that are, that are listening to this right now. Um, just that this is a selfish request, but it, it is also a request that I know so many people that, that ask me how I pray and ask me to teach them how to pray. And to be honest with you, John, I've learned to pray from you. And so mm-hmm. if you would do, do us the honor of, of just praying a covering over those that are listening to this mm-hmm. podcast right now. And I know that, that there's a lot of people listening to this podcast right now that I know that you don't pray to the God I pray to. I know that you may b- believe different, differently than I do, but you also love me and you respect me as a human. Uh, and, and I need you to know that this is why I am the human that I am yeah. is because I have leaned into mm-hmm. mentors that didn't know they were mentors of mine, like John, uh, like some other people. And so, um, you know, if you would quiet yourself as well as, as, as John prays for us, I would, I would just, uh, be honored if you would pray for us. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Father, we, we've all been pretty beat up by the last 12 months and there's still a lot of fear in the world and there's still a lot of uncertainty and we need our hearts back and you love our hearts you care about our hearts what does it look like for me to recover heart god yeah what does it look like right now in this season for me to recover heart and i just pray that the love of god and the beauty of god the intimate healing Mm. presence of god comes to everyone listening to this open up our hearts bring in the light come to us and heal us we pray jesus you're so good at healing humanity we pray for healing amen I mean, hello, John Eldridge. Drop the mic 5,472 times. That was amazing. Thank you, John, for all of your wisdom. Friends, Human Hope listeners, if you would do me a favor, go find John and let him know. Well, actually, I don't even know if John's on Instagram. He's, I don't think he's Instagramming. He's too busy talking to God to figure out things so that he can help us figure things out. Okay. So if anything, go to wildatheart.org. Check out all of John's resources, his books, his events. Um, he's got some daily prayers in there that I pray on a daily basis. Um, he's got a lot of good stuff. So just go support what he's doing uh, and allow him to help you truly be wild at heart and to live free. Um, something that will help me out again as well is if you guys subscribe to the podcast, make sure you subscribe. I know so many of you guys are listening to the podcast and I'm grateful for that. Um, now, if you could just make sure you just hit that little subscribe button so that it downloads every single week, it really helps more people find out about the show. Also, if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that would be very helpful as well. Lots of little things as I am just a brand new podcaster, but I'm eight episodes in, so I'm kind of like a brand new pro. What's going on now? Um, and that's it, guys. That is the end of this episode. Next week, we have another episode coming every single Thursday. So, you know, they drop it to 30 a.m. Central if you want to wake up and start listening. What I always find amazing is I'll wake up at like 8 a.m. to see. And there's like 4,000 people that have listened to the podcast before I've even woken up. So you guys must be on another part of the planet. Thank you so much for subscribing and for all the support. So for me, Carlos Enrique Wittiel Guzman Chibol I and for Heather, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you guys, and I'll see you next Thursday for another episode of Human Hope.